Hello and welcome to Switch It, the podcast that guarantees you a full five days or your money back. England failed quite spectacularly in some cases to go the distance in their test series against India, but we're here to pick up the pieces and go through the Armada good as well as the Armada bad before turning our attention to the five match T20 series starting later this week. Going against the current trend, we're sticking with an unchanged side. ESPN Crick Info's England correspondent George DeBell and senior sub-editor Kartik Krishnaswamy joining me once again to play with soft hands and good clear calling, having impressed the selectors with their stint together on polite inquiries. I'll come to you first, George. Um, the daffodils are poking through. You can throw the alarm clock in the bin and you won't have to watch England bat on the subcontinent against a red or pink ball for 18 months or so. Life must seem pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, England did lose 3-1. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> it's all in the past uh, I, I, now. It's all, we're, we're, we're future-facing. You're right. Life feels pretty good. I mean, you know, summer's <laughs> around the corner. The vaccine is coming. In England, if you can't be optimistic and cheerful in spring, then you're in a pretty sad state, aren't you? <laughs> and yeah, we, we might even get to enjoy uh, the English summer uh, outdoors a little bit this time around, which would be nice. And India are coming back. So, um, uh, KK, uh, we have the, uh, the World Test Championship final to, to look forward to. Uh, forget the IPL. Um, this is what everyone in India cares about. I'm assuming a trip to Southampton to play New Zealand. Have they uh, figured that out? As in, have they finalised that out? That yet? Well, I think I think Saurav let slip yesterday, didn't he? Right. Yeah. And look, and I think George has been reporting that Lords is off the cards for for quite a while now. So, uh, but yeah, excitement abounds. The test test format has been uh, has been saved. Yeah, except like Virat Kohli and Ravi Shastri don't seem very keen on this thing anymore, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that Coley just not sort of downplaying it in case they in case they messed up in the final test? Um, I thought it could, yeah, I thought it could be there, but it seems to be a pretty sort of unified message coming from both of them that you know they just disillusion not disillusioned they just cheesed off with everyone for like uh, making them earn a higher percentage of points than anyone else, rather than whatever, <laughs> just the points. So. Yeah, but they're there. I think. I think by the time they get around to playing it, they'll show a little more enthusiasm for it. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, Ishan Sharma's happy anyway. He's got his his World Cup final. Yeah. Um, a happy, a happy Ishan Sharma is like key to a happy world. I feel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah exactly. We're <laughs> we're going in the right direction. If uh, yes. if Ishan's feeling perky about life. Um, Speaking of feeling perky about life, or maybe the opposite, really, George, a couple of weeks ago, the midway point of the series, we said England would be happy at 1-1. Fair to say there wasn't too much to be happy about thereafter. Uh, No, not not in isolation. I mean, there were some positive signs from an England um, perspective, I suppose, in terms of the performance of the seam bowlers in particular. Uh, But, yeah, generally... uh, it was an extremely one-sided final couple of tests in particular, final three tests, really. So uh, I, I still think that most people in England would have settled for one victory in the four tests before the series. But no, it, it reminds us that there's a chasm between India and England, in India in particular, at present. But that's not particularly surprising, I don't think. No, I mean, KK... K- um... India have uh, this formidable home record, uh, I think 13 test series wins um, in a row, something like that, and uh, defeats a few and far between. England managed one in that first test. Um, And, I mean, there were plenty to talk about the surfaces um, through the series. The last one was pretty unremarkable, and England still lost by an innings on it. Um, You you wrote during the third test that kind of the approach India adopted was arguably a, a backhanded compliment um, to, to England, given the way the series had started? Uh, yeah, I think at the start of the series, India wouldn't have probably planned on like uh, uh, losing the first test like that. But uh, so, like in the two years before that, um, most of the pitches in India have been quite flat, really, with maybe a little bit of grass on it uh, at the start. Uh, 
little bit of help for the fast bowlers, nothing major, but quite flat. And then maybe days four and five becoming more suited to spin bowling. Uh, that's been the general pattern. And uh, especially against South Africa and Bangladesh in 2019, it was like the fast bowlers doing most of the damage. And uh, so, I they of course they were they weren't going to do the same thing against uh, England this time. Uh, I don't think they'd have wanted to arm Anderson and the other quicks with any more help than you know they could uh, than they had to. So uh, I just I just think like uh, the toss just played such a big role in the first test that they were like, no, we just need to take that out of the equation as much as possible and uh, yeah and in doing so that led to the pitches for tests two and three uh, yeah uh, so yeah it was a bit of a backhanded compliment in that sense that you know you guys have won the first test so welcome to this part of this other kind of Indian pitch uh, yeah yeah they they worked out um, there was an elephant in the room and the elephant couldn't play spin. Um, George, the, the scores in uh, Ahmedabad um, for England, 112, 81, 205, 135. Um, I mean, on, on a scale of Raul Dravid to Richard Blakey, how, how bad were they um, once, once Joe Root stopped scoring runs? Well, I think you'd have to put a few things into any sort of equation before you come to a conclusion. One of them is the pitches were about as difficult as they get. Uh, that's not to say that they were necessarily bad. You know, my own view is that they were just about acceptable, just about acceptable, uh, but uh, they certainly weren't easy for batting. And, and, and to sort of reinforce that sense, you look at the India averages, and I, off the top of my head, I can't remember, but I think Rahani's averaging in the teens, I think Pajara might've been, I think even Virat's averaging in the twenties. So I do think there's some um, mitigation for the struggles of the English batsmen. Uh, we know that they do not get to prepare and experience such conditions. Um, look, they don't get to experience much spin, really, when they're developing in England, let alone conditions like that, which are as extreme as you'll ever see, I think. Um, I, I don't know if you remember, but halfway through also through the series, I phoned up a whole load of guys who had... Um, prevailed for England on previous tours of India and a piece which I thought was a, a bit uh, poorly characterised in other media afterwards subsubsequently by the way it, I only say that in a defensive way because I thought that every single person I spoke to said these pitches are tough they're as tough as it gets every one of them none of them said oh it'd be easy just to you know lunge your foot down or use your feet every one of them acknowledged that it would be desperately difficult uh, but they all found a way, um, and that is probably what you have to do. And, and in KP's uh, case, uh, he found a way in the in the era of DRS. So, so they're probably you you have to go into it thinking that uh, batting is possible. But I thought there were there were times when it was about as close to impossible as you'll see, really. Uh, but then I thought that this is a key point. Uh, if you go through Rory Burns' dismissals in the England's home series against Pakistan. I thought that was pretty unplayable as well. Batting's tough right now. So I think cut them a little bit of slack. But were they capable? Well, no, they weren't. But uh, I, I don't know. It, it, as I say, India's batsmen's averages on the whole aren't great. And the, you can guarantee they'd have been a lot less good than that if they'd been up against Axa, Patel and, uh, and Ashwin in particular. Yeah, I mean, uh, we certainly saw uh, individual flashes of brilliance doing the job uh, with the bat. I mean, um, Rohit Sharma in the, the second and third test, Rishabh Pant kind of transcending things in the last game. Um, KK, uh, uh, India lost the toss in those in those second two games. You, you sort of pointed out that they... they Felt they were on the receiving end of it in the first one, um, and they yeah they made up for that um, having to to bat second um, both times in Ahmedabad, um, and uh, it, the pitch in the f in the third test there was certainly a lot of talk around that 
but th there was also the factor of the pink ball, the way that played in conditions that, well, most people uh, hadn't really encountered, uh, never mind the, the, the batsmen on, uh, on either side. And I forget what the numbers were in the end, but out of sort of 30 wickets that fell, two-thirds of them were to, to straight balls. Or I'm not sure if you count Joe Root's dismissal of, um, uh, was it uh, Washington, um, with one that hit the stumps. I'm not sure that counts as a straight ball if it pitches on the middle and leg and hits off. But anyway, um, it was that was certainly... Um, th those conditions were were tough um, to, to to handle, tough to score runs on. Um, India found a way through a couple of batsmen, um, but the final test, England won what should have been a good toss, and and then only managed to to put up two hundred. But I suppose by by that stage, as part of playing spin is or part of playing cricket is 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 in the head, and and England seemed to have a lot of problems um, up there by the final test. I, I wouldn't like, I mean, sure, if you do go through a series, three test matches, struggling to score by the by the time the fourth test comes around, yeah, I'm sure it's going to affect you in some way mentally. But more than that, it was just the bowling. And uh, whatever India, whatever India did manage to score, whatever passages of play they had, even in the fourth test, some of it, quite a lot of it was down to England not having the same sort of quality in spin bowling and the depth in bowling in these conditions overall. So, uh, like George said, I uh, cut uh, English the English batsmen some slack. And uh, yeah, I'd just say it was uh, India's bowling that won the series uh, more than anything else. Just, just, just on that, I, I thought England got to the penultimate day of the series, as it turns out with a decent chance of squaring it. I know it doesn't look like it now because it's 3-1 and that last result's in innings and 25 or whatever it was. But at T, on the penultimate day, on, on, <laughs> um, their noses were probably in front. And that's where what Kartik says is spot on, in that if England had had a competent off-spinner to call upon at that stage, I don't know, look, maybe, maybe Panton... Washington Sunder would have would have prevailed anyway. Maybe they would. We don't know, but certainly the pressure was released very very quickly, um, very dramatically, in a way that wouldn't have been the case if, say, well, Swan would have been a fantastic addition, um, and that may have changed everything. At that stage, England were right back in that game. I think India were uh, fifty odd behind with six wickets down. England still would have had to bat better in their second innings, and I still think that would have been an issue. But actually, to get to the penultimate day of the series with a chance to square it, I don't think you'll find anyone who honestly thought that was possible, or likely, rather. Yes, well, winning winning, winning the first test was, uh, for many, an unbelievable feat. And, uh, it, yeah, it kind of slid from there, uh, particularly for... For Don Bess, we um, and we are we're talking about England's deficiency in spin. Um, let's let's go uh, to the off spinner uh, who was picked again for that final test. Um, and speaking of that sort of crucial juncture, um, India sort of 100, 150 for six just before tea. Um, and Kartik Bess thought he had Rishabh Pant um, LBW uh, moments before the interval there. Um, Nissin Benon didn't agree, and um, Richard Pant made well, certainly made up for it. Um, or oh, played one of the, the innings uh, of, of recent times. Um, but it, it's the fine margins upon which the game can turn there, yeah. And we tend to remember those that uh, changed matches in that sense, right? Because then you're like, okay, uh, there was that one sort of thing that could have gone moment that could have gone either way. But after that, they didn't really create any chances. So that one moment sticks in your head and it becomes bigger than anything else. And uh, yeah, so, you know, more than just the fact that Dom Best didn't bowl all that well, it was also the fact that England didn't trust him. And with good reason, they didn't trust him. So by the time Pant and Washington Sundar were together at whatever the score was, by then, they'd like bowled Stokes and Anderson to the ground already in on a day when I think it was 38 degrees in Ahmedabad. And 
some were saying 41 so whatever it was it was bloody hot so uh, by then they had already like bowl stokes had bowled right through until lunch with barely a break and anderson had bowled i think seven overs in his first spell or something like that so uh, you know it at some point best had to bowl and he happened to like do the bulk of his bowling at the start of this partnership which kind of eased Washington Sundar into the game. Like, he didn't have to face England's best bowlers when he came in. And all of that kind of told in how the game went from there. By the time Stokes came back, he was knackered and, you know, you could clearly see that, like, his speeds were mid-120s and Pant was, like, smashing, like, pulls all over the place and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it was just that they didn't have the depth of bowling to stay in the game despite getting into a really good position. You can't win any, you can't win games in 40 degree heat with three bowlers. And well, and so George, the, the seeds for this, uh, the seeds for kind of England's failure in spinning conditions are sown um, back, you know, in, in well, a week ago into the county structure and when that was changed and where, um, shifting uh, the season into the margins and um, encouraging seamers and all that sort of thing. But on on this tour, uh, England, by this stage, having allowed Moe and Ali to go home, you know, all part of the, the um, agreement and the planned in advance, they were left with um, Leach and Bess, uh, they had picked the wrong team, um, as it turned out, or certainly hindsight showed um, in the in the third test by uh, picking four seamers and um, and only Root as the backup spinner. And then this time around, changed the balance of the side, brought in an extra batsman, as you say, three frontline bowlers um, and Stokes and and Root. Um, and the talk beforehand was that Bess was ready to come back, that he was confident, um, that. You know, he hadn't been dented by being dropped after taking 22 wickets at 17 or whatever, um, or 17 wickets at 22. I might have made him out to be better than he was, but um, his problems have been there for all to see. Um, and and when it came to the crunch, um, he he couldn't fulfil the role that England wanted and that, that Root um, reluctantly perhaps tried to, to ask him to, to do on that second day. Um, but, I mean... This isn't Don Bess's fault, I'm guess, I guess. I guess is what I'm saying. No, um, no, of course it's not. Um, he obviously did his best, which is, I guess, all you can ask. Uh, we all know that he has been picked um, on potential as much as anything. We all know that he's learning his trade at that level, which isn't ideal. And we know that he's been picked partly because of his ability to contribute when he's not bowling, which you know he's basically been very good in the field. And he can bat. Um, and, and that sort of makes sense, you know, bearing in mind how England play cricket generally, if you look how they played in the last English summer, with the role of an off-spinner being limited to such a tiny part of the game, it sort of makes sense that they pick someone who can contribute in other areas. Um, and, uh, you know, he's been asked basically to do a job that he's not up to. I, I, that's a harsh way of putting it, but it's also uh, an honest well, one, I think it's honest, and two, it should sort of alleviate him of too much blame or criticism. I hope that doesn't come into it, really, because, you know, he, he's done his best, but he just wasn't quite up to it. It, it was painful. I mean, I, well, you'll know because you did a, a very good feature on it, but, you know, that whole Stephen Finn being unselectable ahead of the Sydney test in um, whatever it was, um, this is uh, what would have happened. Yeah, 2013-14. Was it long as that? Um, this <laughs> is what would have happened if he had played. I think it would have been like that. Um, and, and it's very, very difficult. Uh, it was very difficult to captain Don Bess. And actually, in many ways, I thought um, Joe Root did really well. Uh, it didn't work. Made no mistake. But he kept on introducing him, I thought, at the right time. You know, oh, have a couple of overs before lunch. A couple of overs... I think he gave him, tried to give him some responsibility after lunch as well. Brought him back. Did he bowl it over just before the close on day one as well? Maybe two overs? You know, every time he tried to bring him into the attack at times when generally batsmen would perhaps be prepared to play for a break. So he tried to help him settle into, um, into spells. But it wasn't just one bad game. You know, not by any means. I thought he bowled pretty much how he had bowled through most of the winter. 
it's just that the um, um, the results were much much worse and, and they have been as uh, India have realized they didn't really need to go after him uh, they could just wait on the poor ball and they'll go along at, they'll go along quite nicely anyway so it's impossible to set fields for Don best and it left Joe Root in a, an impossible situation should they have known that going into the game maybe it's hard to believe he was bowling especially well in the nets and you know it doesn't perhaps say anything massive massively positive about the other spinners who were on tour because it suggests they weren't you know figuratively knocking down the door to be selected with their performance in the nets uh but most of all it just shows what a mess England have got themselves into on the issue of spin, bowling it, facing it, developing it, whatever, whichever way you want to look at it. They're in a real mess. And I do think that Dom Best is a victim of that, really, uh, in that um, he has done his very best to fulfil the role he's been asked to do and he wasn't ready to do it. And you wonder about whether it's damaged his long-term development. He'll say no, everyone will say no. But, you know, it sure did with Simon Kerrigan. And uh, who knows what happens next. But um, I think he probably has to go back to county cricket and really learn his trade inside out. You know, learn a technique like tennis players do, really, so that under pressure, in weariness, the technique of a serve holds up. Because, uh, you know, we were setting the bar really, really low some of the time there. I, I heard some of the commentary going, yeah, yeah, there, he's, he's, got, he's got that one right. He's pitched that one nicely. You know, that's real basic. You've got to be putting five or six balls, 20 balls out of 21, in spot on in the right area this is off spin yeah it's not it's not the supposedly much more difficult art of leg spin off spin is the role that your captain uses to maintain control and uh you can't be bowling those full tosses and long hops uh as uh, like that so it, it was painful to watch no doubt it was awful for him to go through and yeah i do fear a bit for for what happens next for him uh but i hope he gets to play Lots of counter cricket and bowl and bowl and bowl because that that's the way he'll improve. Yeah, does this um, sort of in some ways come back to the 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 craft of of spin bowling? Um, Kartik India obviously have no no shortage of resources there, and and it's probably easy to say that the conditions um, by and large are, 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 are in the domestic game are more conducive to bringing through uh, spinners. The opportunity to bowl and bowl and bowl is is more likely to be. Um, uh, found for them. Um, India haven't, in recent times, haven't had any problems bringing through quick bowlers. Uh, and, you know, someone like Jasper Bummer can, can rise very quickly um, to, uh, to test level without having years of um, toil on, on the Ranji scene under his belt. But spinners um, need that nurturing, need that the, the love and support of a captain, and maybe need several years um, to to develop their craft I mean, even even an, an overnight success like Aksha Patel um, is sort of 27 and, and has um, been around a fair bit. Yeah, he's been playing for a while and it's, it's funny you mentioned uh, domestic cricket because like a few years ago we went through a stage where uh, you know there was a sort of diktat from the BCCI that all pitches for the Ranji Trophy should have a minimum of four millimeters of grass, which isn't much by, say, English standards. But by Indian standards, it was huge to say that, you know, you needed that minimum thing. And what happened was you had a generation of, like, basically teams were using uh, the balance completely shifted. They would pick one spinner and three fast bowlers mostly. And and because of the SG ball, uh, which reverses quite a bit, the fast bowlers were doing quite a bit of work with the old ball as well. So, I mean, there were fears that spin was kind of being neglected, but it hasn't really come to pass like that, probably because the weather is such that at some point the pitches do dry out and, you know, you need spinners. So, it's, uh, yeah, at, at this particular moment, there's a great amount of depth, both with fast bowlers and spin, but like, it could just be a generational thing rather than a system thing. Uh, I mean, it's hard to like diagnose as one or the other. It's a it's a delicate ecosystem. Uh, getting and and the, working out where the balance is like. I mean, um, to focus a little bit on Axar and, and um, 
uh, Ravichandran Ashwin. Um, I mean, the, the numbers were there up in lights. Um, 32 wickets for Ashwin at 14, 27 at 10 um, for Axar. These are sort of um, uh, George Lomans, SF Barnes type um, uh, figures from, from the turn of the, of the 19th, 20th century um, in terms of their impact on a series. Um, we thought that that India might struggle a little bit without Ravindra uh, Jadeja. And, and, and it, as it turned out, they did in that first test when Shadim Nabaz played. Um, but, uh, but Aksar produced a sort of Jadeja-esque um, uh, performance or performances in filling that gap and sort of just metronomically 90, 90 Ks uh, an hour, top of off, slides on or it spins. Uh, and, and England could, had no answer for that. Yeah, and uh, that first test, you know, like uh, even after the first test, you had that fear even after Akshar was fit again and uh, he could play because no one knew that we'd seen him in one-day cricket, we'd seen him in T20 cricket, first-class cricket. He has a decent record, but nothing like, uh, nothing to separate him from other spinners in a really like stark kind of way. Uh, so, you knew that he was a Jadeja-style bowler. But then again, your lengths in test cricket are slightly different from the lengths in limited overs cricket and so forth. So, between the first and second tests, like uh, it was still unclear if India could replace Jadeja at all. But uh, it just so happens that he bowls pretty much like him, pretty much like a, an earlier version of him. Uh, Jadeja since then has kind of grown as a bowler and uh, he's added a little more like guile. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't think you could have banked on this happening. It just, uh, he just showed up and he turned out to be like great at that one thing he does. And and we knew, we knew that, uh, that uh, Ashwin would, would be a big factor in the series. But uh, again, after, after, uh, Toiling a little bit in that first, very first innings um, mm -hmm. in Chennai on a on a very flat surface, um, he was uh, uh, yeah causing all England all sorts and with the bat as well. <laughs> yeah, the bat thing was the uh, pleasantly uh, not surprising because we know he's got the uh, you know he's got the game, but uh, it's been a while since he's scored runs consistently and in Australia in that Sydney test and that 100 it's like kind of coming back to where he used to be and with the ball he's as good as ever uh, just those two balls he bowled to uh, uh, who was that sorry uh, Pope? Pope yeah yeah Pope in uh, in the third test he was just beautiful and you saw that right through the series like not only was he taking like there's an there's a pleasure to watching him bowl. And yeah, so yeah, what more can anyone say? He had a brilliant series and he went past 400 wickets as well. So. Yeah, um, and uh, George, just um, on England's struggles, particularly the, 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 top, the top three um, who had been facing, you know, far more spin than they're used to in their um, careers to this point um i think that the england's top three uh, first three wickets uh, they averaged 14.16 um 250s in the series um axar got out zach crawley um well maybe maybe it was three times out of four in the end um uh, dom sibley had his struggles and and, and johnny bairstow um <laughs> came back from his rest and rotation to um, uh, rather disappointing uh, returns, uh, perhaps unsurprising given, given he's, he's travelled back from Sri Lanka to, to have a couple of weeks in Yorkshire and then chucked out number three in a test in Ahmedabad. But, but Will, I mean, is, is this kind of uh, a possible end of the road for him as a test player or should England be looking at it that way um, in terms of their expectations of him batting uh, in in the top three in, in test cricket? Look, yes, it certainly could be the end of him as a test player. Of course it could. Um, there's no evidence that he's... Uh, uh, well, there's not much evidence to suggest he's a, a number three batsman. 
he did score a test century to be fair in Colombo uh, but he has not done that during his career at Yorkshire until really recently when he's realized that's his best way to stay on the test side so um, that's not what he does uh, one of the things I would say about Johnny Besto is though that I thought he underperformed partly because he became very flustered um, there's there's no way that in the third test uh, in a low pressure environment he's playing those two shots he was out second ball wasn't he in the second innings there and I think the first ball he tried to sweep I mean it might be worth if people want to look at the highlights you look at where he's looking at the point when the connection should have been made he's looking at square leg and then you know his eyes are nowhere near the ball basically and and, and then he's bowled the next ball and he's looking way down the pitch that that's a very very flustered person who's not doing the basic things of allowing themselves to just watch the ball uh, so I think it's disappointing how uh, he underperformed. I thought actually some of them showed signs. I, I thought Ollie Pope's quick feet were quite promising. I thought he showed a way that he maybe could survive. I also thought he got a couple of really good balls. I don't know if it was a Karen ball or an arm ball, but he got one from Ashwood. Uh, anyway, he, he got some good balls. He, that's going to happen. And Dom Sibley as well, I thought he kind of showed a couple of times that he had found a way that he could at least, you know, um, all you're asking really on those surfaces is that a, a guy shows a method that could work unless they get the one that is just about unplayable. Um, and I thought there were times when Sibley did do that. He's never going to be the quickest or lightest on his feet, but he can get a stride in. He can get his feet in the right position. He can play, but then he would, he, he would suddenly sweep and that's just not his shot. So I, 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 well, certainly not early on and not in, the, in those conditions. So I do think there was a, an element of being uh, flustered mentally that uh, diminished their performances even further than would have been the case. Uh, and that's a bit of a worry. So I think they let themselves down a wee bit there. You know, I thought they performed a little bit less well. Um, in terms of the long-term futures of all of them, it's all very well to be shouting for changes. Just who are these people who are going to replacing them who are better? I mean, I'm all ears to hear who, who England have as openers who are potentially better suited than Crawley, Burns and Sibley to go to the Ashes. I, I don't know who they are. Uh, in terms of the middle order, you know, I think Joe Clark's one of the outstanding talents of uh, counter cricket and I think his career has already been delayed a bit more than it should have been and, you know, he might be one worth looking at. Uh, and it's going to be very, very difficult for a lot of these fellas to to find the form to justify a recall, if that's what it is, or even to find the form they need to go into another test series, bearing in mind that they're going to get back from the IPL potentially late May, early June, maybe. Uh, so when are they going to play county cricket? You know, there's a real danger they're not going to get the volume of games they need to, to, to build up technique and confidence. Uh, and in terms of whether, you know, what they do to compete in, India again well that this will just be shelved they'll move on and if they beat which they might not uh, New Zealand and India at home and I say again they really might not because that's a tough challenge no one will remember this honestly the ECB they, they want to win in India they'd love to but they don't want to win there enough to do any of the hard work required and so this will keep happening there's no reason why it wouldn't and well, yeah, and it's and it's always it's long been the sort of final frontier um, for teams like uh, England and Australia, I suppose. Johnny Johnny Besto, a player that occasionally lets his frustrations get the better of him, um, but we could probably now say he's got no more ducks to give after uh, what six in his last nine innings against India. Um, Karthik, a, a player that uh, that did show a way of coping in those conditions, um, pretty much throughout the series was Rohit Sharma um, and I mean you wrote about his methods uh, and how he'd sort of tailored them um, for the conditions really just just in in sort of microcosm in the um, in the third test he scored uh, 91 runs off 121 balls for once out um, taking advantage mainly of, of uh, um, England playing so many quicks and, and the, the pink ball being easier to score off uh, them. And then in the fourth test, he 
wound it right down and had scored 49 of 144 and looked to be playing another sort of uh, match-defining innings. In the end, that was that was Rishabh Pant. Um, but but Rohit was kind of um, the man of the series with the bat for India. Yeah, and that that final innings he played uh, in the fourth test. Uh, also, he saw off, he and Pujara saw off a very a quite testing half. Uh, opening hour, sorry, from uh, Anderson and Stokes. So again, like you said, like he uh, for the first three tests, his uh, strike rate against pace was something like eighty point something, and in the final test, like you said, he made forty odd of uh, how many ever balls and fifteen of some ninety balls from the quicks. So again, he just showed what uh, a lot of people in India's team management had long believed that he's got the game for test cricket, which means he can defend, he can attack, he can play spin, he can play fast bowling, and yet he's played so few tests in all these years. Uh, so, yeah, it was just a great series for him all round. Uh, it, 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 like, ever since he started opening, I think he's just slipped so comfortably into the, the role that you could quite... Um, you could make the argument that he's the best test opener in the world right now. At least one of the top three. Yeah, yeah it's it's a tough job, um, as George touched upon. It'll be, it'll be uh, interesting to see how he goes in England uh, um, in, the, uh, in the summer to come. Um, George, a word on, on um, Pant's uh, instant classic, really, and, and the reverse slapping of James Anderson um he's he scored a a century of 115 balls his first 50 took 82 the second took 33 um and as he sort of just uh ramped ramped up the pace um and that shot I mean it sort of just struck me kind of remind me of um of Kevin Peterson hitting Glenn McGrath into the into the pavilion at Lord's um uh, just in the in the (laughs) sort of the sheer audacity and um disdain for greatness uh, of, of a great fast Did you read on Kevin's debut? Yeah, yes, yes. I mean, Pants obviously played a fair bit more than that, but uh, sure. no, no. Um, but, I mean, no. It's, it's just interesting because, um, yeah. I mean, that was uh, KP's shot was a sort of thump down the ground, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, this is um, yeah. He's he's special. <laughs> Altogether I mean, harder. To, <laughs> well, to I mean, there's lots of things about that. I mean, I think we mentioned it on Play Inquiries the other day. One of the things on that was that he was on 89 uh, and he could completely legitimately have been playing for his 100. Uh, and it was, I, I mean, I do think that will come to be an iconic moment in his career. I, I really do. I think we, when he retires in 15 years or whatever it is, having enjoyed lots and lots of glorious moments, I think that will be on the highlights package because it was against James Anderson with a new ball. Uh, and he's on 89 and, and it was part of a, of a match turning performance and it was magnificent. Um, he was equal to pretty much everything England had to throw at him all, all series. And um, the, the speed with which he bats, you know, and scores rather, uh, it, it, you know, he's, a, he's a game changer. Uh, and uh, it, 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 it's very hard to, not to smile when you watch him. I mean, he is one of those players that is a complete joy to watch. Uh, actually, with the gloves as well, partly because you don't know what's going to happen. But I, I thought he ex- certainly exceeded my expectations with the gloves. Uh, he's just improving all the time. And as a batter, I mean, what is the limit there? I don't know. He, he, you know, Gilchrist-esque. Yeah, absolutely. Could absolutely be as good as Gilchrist. I mean, how, how good's that? <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, yes, well, it, it was uh, a memorable innings, um, and he was in, yeah, uh, behind the stumps as well, in fine form throughout. Um, you, just, all you uh, say about him and Rowett is that we'll have a lot greater idea of how life is going to be for them in a few months. If they can conquer English conditions as well, you know, Pant's already done it in Australia, hasn't he? If they can conquer English conditions as he has well... A, he's 100 think... in England as well. Yeah, but... <laughs> If they, I mean, I don't know what the surfaces are going to be like in this English summer. I suspect that they won't be as green and seeming as many people suspect, because I suspect that English cricket is so impoverished 
they'll want every second of ticket sales that they can manage. But I, I might be proved wrong. But you know, you would think that what whatever Slogovatska says, because I, I know he was saying that um, the test of skill for a batsman is batting in India. I think you know English pitches can be pretty demanding technically as well and temperamentally, and it'll be really really interesting to see how how they go there because um, you know when you start thinking about the best openers in the world, uh, actually there aren't any names that jump out and demand selection right now. I don't think because it's become a desperately desperately difficult job so yeah and we saw how someone as good as david warner struggled recently in england uh so uh, it'll be really really interesting to see but i would back them both to uh come through with flying colors to be honest i think they look fantastic i think england have got a real fight on their hands to retain that unbeaten home record yeah and we we might well see i mean just want to touch on the on kind of rest and rotation and and we will we will await kind of india's approach to um a long tour over here in 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 the coming months um i mean kartik they've already shown some signs of of doing similar things uh, jasper bumrah uh, went home or, or you know left the squad um partway through this series and and I think is being rested for the the T20s as well. Um, at the, in, and India do have sort of uh, great depth to call upon. But w- would you expect them to to be considering some form of of um, rotating players through bubbles uh, for as for as for the foreseeable? Given there's an IPL to come uh, and then um, a tour to England. I think some of it will happen by default because people will get injured and. Uh, how much of it will be by design will be interesting to see because until now, I guess England are the only team that have done it as a as a sort of stated policy in Test cricket. So I mean, Australia did it in the Ashes more as a tactical thing with their fast bowlers uh, in 2019, but uh, as a sort of policy on tour. In bubbles, only England have done it so far. So it'll be interesting to see. I think Virat Kohli said something in his press conference about how, uh, as long as this continues, it will be. I mean, it will have to be seriously considered. And uh, you know, on a tour of England, it's not like India have Anderson and Broad who are, uh, you know, who've taken that many wickets and who bowled that many overs in their career that they really have to be managed very carefully. At this stage of uh, their careers, probably only Ishan Sharma has played anywhere near that many tests. So uh, it'll be a, it's a different kind of team, and uh, but yeah, they do have the depth for it. Uh, it'll probably, like I said, happen mostly by default. I don't see them doing a whole lot of it through that test series. They will do it in white ball cricket, and they have been doing it in white ball cricket for the last few years. Well, if there's uh, one uh, event that people won't be resting for, it's the IPL, I'm sure. And if there's a, if there's one format where England won't be resting their players, uh, their best players, it's T20 ahead of a World Cup in India later this year. Um, we've got T20 series to come. Uh, competition for places uh, is is hot in England side. They're, they're number one ranked. Matt Roller spoke to Sam Billings after his arrival in Ahmedabad. And what stage are you at in terms of um, sort of plans for this series? I guess you've got a, about a week to prep. Um, I know you sort of, uh, Moore's quite often talks to you guys and sort of maps out the series for you in terms of how many games you might play. Have you have you got to that stage yet or is that still to come? No, I'm guessing that's over the next couple of days um, in terms of, yeah, just that clarity around um, kind of what kind of role. I mean, everyone has a pretty clear idea where we're going to bat and, um, if we're going to play so um, yeah it's just we'll see kind of how things pan out and I think a lot kind of depends on um, guys like Joffre and, and Stokesy coming into the side as well so um, yeah like anything there's there's competition for places and there's kind of opportunities up for grabs um, and yeah it's kind of you have to be quite fluid especially in the subcontinent um, in terms and that's no pun intended um, um in terms of uh kind of just being ready to play um because it is it, as we've seen uh, it's a very tough place to play and um as a player you have to be have to be ready to kind of step in in, in testing conditions yeah and in terms of where you feel you stand 
in the T20 side heading into the series? Are you expecting to start on the outside and get a couple of games later in the series you're hoping to play? Or um, I, I can't. I know it's so cliche, but I can't control that. Um, so at this point in time, there's no point worrying about that. Um, what I can control and what I do know is that my game, I feel in a very good place. I, I felt in great rhythm um, towards the back end, well, middle part and towards the back end of the big bash. And um, yeah, felt, it, 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 oh, well, especially over the last year and a half, as weird as time as, it, as it's been, um, I played some of my best cricket, certainly for England. So, so actually, I know it's been an absolutely terrible time, but cricket-wise for me in the last year and a half, it's, it's presented some great opportunities in, in which I've taken more consistently. Um, so, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm in as good a place as I can be um, to, to challenge for a spot in the side. Um, and for me, I just want to make, make a spot my own, basically. I mean, do you find it tricky sometimes to keep that perspective? Because, I mean, obviously that was such a big inning for you, such a breakout moment in your, your international career. You know, you finally sort of, I guess, uh, look completely at home in that team against such a good side. And then equally there's that knowledge that, you know, you, you might still be out the side at some point. Yeah, um, I suppose it comes with experience and age, really. Um, you, you, you go through kind of frustrations and, and bad times or whatever. Um, but since my injury, in terms of perspective, um, I've really kind of gained that through a really bad experience and, um, yeah, can deal with disappointment and, um, yeah, bad, bad runs, I suppose, far more easily. Um, and in a weird kind of way, I've, I've gained so much more confidence in my own game over the last two years in terms of doing it more consistently. I mean, I've still got the top score ever by a number six in 2020 international cricket. Um, I've, I've got one of the fastest 50s in 2020 cricket for England. Um, so like I've done it sporadically. It's been the consistency element, which has been really, um, really what's kind of let me down with obviously um, in and out kind of team selection. It's, it is tough. It's a really tough part of the game. But I think as a youngster, kind of a uh, coming into that side, you, you take being dropped a lot harder. Um, but through that experience, I've been able to actually mentally be in a really good place and being ready for that opportunity. Whereas in the past, I've probably kind of put way too much pressure on myself, um, not enjoyed it and just kind of, um, yeah, uh, yeah, just put, put that pressure on myself and it kind of really gets to you. Um, since that injury, my, my perspective has changed big time. Um, and yeah, very thankful for that uh, pretty tough time. Um, yeah, to kind of come out the other side. And, and like I said, last year was the best, best year for me in an England shirt by, by a mile because of that consistency. Uh, it started against Ireland and I, I managed to maintain that. So um, that's the challenge. I, I'm really excited for the next few months. Um, the opportunities ahead um, with Delhi at the IPL afterwards as well. Um, I mean... In what's been a horrendous time for everyone, um, how lucky am I to to have that in front of me and and to look forward to? So that's that's the mindset I'm going in with it. Um, if I play, I play brilliant, and I'm in a great place to do that. If I don't, I've got a fantastic opportunity to learn and grow um, and be a part of this. So um, there's a lot of people at home stuck at home in lockdown who who would like to be in my position. So I think it's a really uh, good and healthy perspective to have, really a very level-headed approach from a player who's making a consistent case for himself in white ball cricket. Um, but if England are looking to play their best 11 in this series, George, will he have to bide his time again, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, you think so. Um, just to come back on one other thing. I mean, people do rest for the IPL, don't they? I think Chris Wokes did it last year. I think Matt, uh, Mark Wood has done it this year. I mean, you know, I think David Willey did it as well, didn't he? Not so long ago. So <laughs> you've ruined be, my narrative of money grabbing players, but yes. <laughs> well, no, no. I, um, I think this year there's a lot of things come together to justify it. I'm not sure that will be the case every year. So, so we, we shall see. But I, I, yeah, um, in terms of uh, what England's best team is, look, I, I don't think they know, and I don't think they know where everybody bats. Um, in particular, I'm not sure where where Stokes bats and. Lots of things could change, but pre presumably Milan is three, Bairstow four, 
Stokes five. Morgan looks quite low at six, doesn't he? But uh, we should... yeah, sort of taking on a finisher role in late in his career, isn't he? Yeah, and and equally they it, it, they've got to decide what sort of um, uh, attack they're going to play and what balance of attack because it might well be that they want to have a side capable of playing three spinners by the time they get to the uh, t- uh, T20 World Cup. So um, they're certainly going to play two, aren't they? Uh, and um, I can see a situation where the batting order gets squeezed at some stage, but maybe we're not there yet. But we'll, we'll learn about this. I think um, you know these probably are the two favourites for the for the World Cup, uh, uh, probably. Uh, and so uh, it, it's a big series. I, I suspect that India could pip England for the number one ranking if they had a particularly good series as well. I think England are number one in in both the white ball formats right now, but possibly India could could climb above them. I don't know. I haven't checked. <laughs> Do research. <laughs> on on the on the subject of where um, people bat George, I mean Joss Butler has been used regularly as an opener in recent times. One player who won't be in the conversation, uh, at least for now, is Alex Hales, as he is um, still persona non grata, it seems. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. I mean, ultimately, he, he it's, it is his fault. I mean, you know, he, he did screw up. Uh, he's very good and he's pressing to get back in. But, you know, so's Tom Banton. I mean, England are spoiled for choice at the top of the order. And it, it's a very unfortunate position for him. But, you could, you know... Who's he trying to displace? It's extremely tough. And it's just a, an example of when you're doing well, you've got to be ruthless with it. And he gave other people an opportunity by getting suspended. I mean, that's, you know, he'll, he'll be kicking himself when he's 90 years old. He's already missed a World Cup. I feel for him. I think he's a terrific player. But, you know, and are they being long term? Are they being a bit vindictive and spiteful? Well, possibly. But actually, there's not a there's not an obvious vacancy. There's half a dozen people who want to bat at the top of the order who all have compelling cases. Johnny Bairstow going down to four. He didn't deserve to be demoted. Um, you know, Joe Root's not getting in the side. For goodness sake. He, but for a miracle, he's player of the match in the last T20 World, uh, World T20 final. So um, I feel bad for Alex Hales, but um, I'm not sure that I buy into the thing that it's just about sort of a vendetta or anything he just he let other people get an opportunity and they have taken it i hope he gets back in because i think it would be a nice story and i think it well i don't want to project my own feelings but i think it might be quite hard to live with myself if i'd known i've thrown all that away to be honest yeah tough tough times and it's certainly tough to bat, break into that top order it's that question of everyone wants to bat higher up in t20 don't they and there are only so many spots um KK, for India, um, no shortage of talent trying to get in there and possibility of a few debutants in this series, some some IPL performers of recent times. Yeah, there's uh, Surya Kumar Yadav, there's Ishan Kishan, both of whom did uh, extraordinarily well for uh, Mumbai Indians during their title run last season. Uh, And there is Rahul Tewatia as well, who's uh, a left-handed six-hitter who bowls leg spin. So um, it's it kind of shows that India may be going in a different direction with their T20 team now. After many years of kind of fans, some fans being sort of exasperated that they were uh, kind of stuck to this uh, method that was drawn more from 50 overs cricket, uh, where they kind of, you know, like uh, set a sort of solid platform and then try to explored with the bat and uh, yeah so especially it told in their record where they were a very good chasing team because they knew what their target was and they bat accordingly but batting first they've had a pretty ordinary record over the last uh, two three years in t20is uh, then again t20is are like so infrequent and uh, very often you don't have like the best teams playing uh, I mean, best sets of players playing for each team, playing against each other. So uh, this this will be a slightly different series in that sense because England are pretty much at full strength and uh, India seem to be kind of looking at a few new players now with an eye to that World T20. So uh, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to the series quite a bit and to see 
this direction that they're going in. Ishan Kishan hit the most sixes of any player in uh, the IPL last year. And Rahul Tewati as well. I mean, his game is all about hitting sixes. Uh, so, they have like a few spin bowling all-rounders in there. So, it looks like they're looking to kind of uh, add more depth to their batting order and more like outright hitters. So, it should be fun to watch. Uh, assuming they play that way and assuming that the top three don't just uh, bat in their old way and leave all of these guys just uh, four overs in which to do their thing. Yeah, there was that incredible uh, uh, Tuatia's game, wasn't there? Uh, um, it was against Kings Eleven, or I think, um, when yeah, he came yeah, back yeah. from sort of five or thirteen balls or something to, to smash fifty mm-hmm. odd um, and win the game. One thing um, I wanted to ask: Where do you see Rishab Pant playing? He's not quite clicked in in sort of limited overs uh, cricket for India. We've you know we've been talking about how good he is as, as a Test batsman, um, yeah. but also his IPL record shows he's someone that uh, arguably they could um, build a strategy around. Yeah, I mean, looking at his form right now, you would want him in regardless of. Uh, where he bats. He's, uh, when he played in under-19 cricket, he used to open quite a bit in white ball cricket, but he's not done that for a while. And even in the IPL, he bats in the middle order. So, there's, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see who they pick. I can't see them leaving him out. So, I'd probably think Rohit Sharma and KL Rahul opening with Kohli at three and probably Pant at four. And Hardik Pandya five or six and all these new guys kind of vying for places in and around these five uh, uh, batsmen. Uh, sounds fun. And um, George, lots of IPL subplots as ever. We had the auction um, last month. Moeen Ali got uh, picked up, obviously, and, and is now back in India after his um, scheduled break. I think, uh, yeah, David Milan, you mentioned, it got a team. Sam Billings, Tom Curran, Liam Livingston all bought, uh, and, and the likes of Stokes and um, Butler. And Jofra Archer, who... What do we know about his sort of injury status and this elbow problem, given how, impo- how important he is expected to be in a, in a World Cup challenge? We don't know very much. Um, I think they're being yeah, quite careful with the information they're giving us. And obviously, we're not able to go to training. But we do know that he suffered a um, stress fracture of the right elbow at the start of last year. We know that it kept him out of most of the South Africa series. We know that he managed... He, he was kept out of two tests in this series and managed only five overs in the third test before it came back. All those things sound a bit worrying. Now, it might simply be that they're being abundantly cautious and trying to nurse him through what they know is a long year. It really, really could be. Or it could be that there's a, an issue there and, um, you know, he's going to need long-term rest. I don't know about an operation. Um, I think that's probably premature to think about that. But... Um, you would think if he does need any sort of procedure at all or, or rest or remedial sort of uh, physio, that now's the time to do it. Because, I don't know, there, there are, the, the, the year is full of uh, high-profile encounters. But from an England perspective, the two that matter are at the back end of the year, which is the uh, T20 World Cup and the Ashes. I think those are the priorities, probably in that order, by the way. Um, so a, a ridiculous thing where a, a tour of India is probably the fourth or fifth most important thing they think they're doing this year, which is amazing. Anyway, um, so it might be that they simply were cautious with him because they appreciate his value. Or it might be that there's a real issue and I just don't know what the answer is. But you would think if any of the games can be missed, it's this little series now. And then we'll see what happens with the IPL. Um, whether he, I don't know, there could be all sorts of things at play. Does he have an insurance contract? I'm, sh- I'm sure he probably does. How would Rajasthan react? But in normal circumstances, if a premium fast bowler like that had a, an elbow injury that's resurfaced, I can't think of many circumstances I want them to be playing. You play, you play, like he had that injection in the World Cup final before the Super over. You play then, don't you? You play through that, you're in a World Cup final, it's the Super over, you know. Do you play uh, a series that's quite important in experience, bearing in mind how much experience he has in Indian conditions anyway? You know, I, I, I don't think so. But it's, it's going to be really complicated because if England rest him for this series and then he plays in the IPL, 
uh, there'll be criticism. If he doesn't play in the IPL, there'll be criticism and arguments. It's a really, really complicated situation, but we don't know how bad the how how bad his elbow is. Maybe it's maybe it's nothing particularly serious. We shall see. All bowlers have have pains, don't they? We've seen how Mark Wood has fairly belatedly, I suppose, come to terms with his body and is now consistently extremely fast. Uh, you know, maybe he has wisdom and experience which he can pass on to Joffrey. Joffrey, you know, is he, he's a young man, really, and he's still making his way. And um, I think the job he's asked to do is the hardest in cricket. So uh, where it leads, I don't know. But I'm absolutely sure that we're going to be talking about Joffrey's elbow lots over the next 12 months. Uh, I can't wait for it. another delicate workload management situation for England to handle. Um, I think that just about covers it. England have once again been put through the spin cycle in the subcontinent. We'll wait to see who gets hung out to dry. Just like India, the next test is against New Zealand in June. Uh, we'll be back before then to see whether thrashing around a white ball has improved their mood and fortunes. For now, my thanks to George and Kartik and to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com. Mm-hmm.